Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. If something from this stuck with you, I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to message me on Instagram or on Facebook and tell me what you thought. Join the private All Mama Care Facebook group to connect with me directly and other listeners across the globe. You can even send me a voicemail. Simply go to anchor.fm backslash allmamacaretime backslash message. Wherever you're listening to this, take a screenshot, tag me and a couple friends. You never know, it might be exactly what someone needs to hear today. The light within me honors the light within you. Ryan and I finally got some time to sit down and chat about our holiday recap. In this episode, we talk about how we plan intentional time for family and friends, as well as take time to personally recharge and how it's been helping us as a family unit. I share with you my recent experience at a caregiver's day retreat, and Ryan talks about the guilt he feels when he's doing something for himself. We unpack how we celebrated a big milestone in our son's treatment and how we've been adjusting to monthly clinic visits. Ryan closes out the episode by offering a special message to all the male listeners. Welcome back to the All Mommy Care podcast. Today, I have my husband with me, Ryan. How you doing? Good. How about you? Good. So we've been meeting to record this podcast episode for quite a while, um, but it has gotten delayed and we are currently recording during nap time and we're hoping that Ollie sleeps or at least stays quiet in his crib for a little bit so that we can get this done. Yeah, he's not sleeping, but we're hoping he stays quiet in his crib Some for a little while. quiet time. So I invited Ryan on the podcast, uh, actually, because it was his idea. Yes, I invited myself on, <laughs> apparently. He thought it would be a great idea kind of to give you guys a holiday recap and wish you a Happy New Year. We're a little late. We're a little late with a Happy New Year, but we still wanted to get it out there. Uh, so on the episode today, we will be talking about a bunch of different issues, good and bad, and we just wanted to share it with the community, basically let you guys know like what's working and what's not working right now for us. Obviously, everybody's experience and everybody's child is completely different, but this is our story. This is what is working for us. Right? why don't you give them a little bit of an update as far as where we are in treatment honestly i forget where we are on the map i know we're in maintenance yeah so we're in maintenance we just entered cycle two of long-term maintenance wait there's different cycles to maintenance so there is different cycles. i mean i knew that so that's actually a really good point so there are different cycles to maintenance and this was pretty confusing because i didn't understand it until somebody explained it to me and Ollie's standing up in his crib right now. I'm going to go. Well, I'll be right back. Okay, so we're picking up where we left off. And Ollie is now back down in he's his crib. He's back down in his crib. We'll see how much time we have. But there are some things that we do want to talk about. I do want to go back to the maintenance thing, though, really quick. Because I want to clarify. So the cycles of maintenance. It seems like you know more about this than me. And yeah, this is really so... off the cuff, by the way. I'm not, I'm not pretending. This is right. like real. I didn't know. I always thought that the map that they showed us was like, this is maintenance and it's going to be the same thing for the next two and a half years. Yes. But you're telling so me it's not. You're on the right path. So basically what it is, is one cycle 
of long-term maintenance for our protocol that we are on is a three-month period. Okay. So he gets his final treatment at the beginning of the first month, mm-hmm. and then the, he goes into the second month and he does the steroid pulse. The third month he does the steroid pulse. Then when that third month is complete, that's the completion of cycle one. Okay, so but the cycle just means like a three the month three period. month cycle. But it's not like the drugs ever change. It's not like any of that stuff actually changes. You're just saying that it's a cycle of like, okay, here's three months and then it's going to start over again. Correct. Okay, but it's not a cycle of like we're doing this and then a year from now we're not doing this. Right. Okay. So a cycle for our protocol is three months and that's considered completing one cycle. So now he's literally in month four of long-term maintenance and that's the beginning of cycle two. Okay. All right. I mean, I'm going to get confused if we keep talking about cycles because how many cycles is there going to be? I haven't calculated that Right. Far I mean, that's like a lot of math. Right? We can move on now. I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah. But that's a really good question because like I said, I didn't understand that until someone explained it to me. To kind of backtrack a little bit, we... I decided to have a long-term maintenance party for Ollie. And And I went along with it. (laughs) Ryan went along with it. We really wanted to celebrate everything that we've been through for the first nine months of treatment from last February until December, the end of December. It was Christmas break. Doing the first nine months of treatment from February until November. And then we had to postpone our family long-term maintenance party until after Christmas. It actually was wonderful. We had um, my sisters that were in from out of town. We had Ryan's family and all the nieces and nephews over. And it was just really nice to celebrate everything that we've been through in a happy way. And yeah, and everybody was here, which was nice. It was yeah. so nice. And Ollie was super psyched because he got to eat pizza. It's true. He knows whenever we get together with cousins that most likely we're going to be eating pizza. Just to recap, this is our third attempt at getting this podcast out. Hashtag parent life. (laughs) But anyways, the long-term maintenance party, I didn't get a chance to talk about it when we were recording this yesterday. Um, But I really enjoyed the long-term maintenance party. And I was, I don't want to say against it at the outset, but I didn't particularly see the importance of it at the time but then when we had it it was really nice to have everybody there celebrating and it was nice to have it during the christmas break because everybody was here if we had had it when we originally planned on having it not everyone would have been here so i do think that was nice and it was cool i set up my dj stuff in ollie's bedroom and the kids were dancing and going crazy in there and they were playing trucks so it was it was actually really nice to have it even though i was against it a little bit at the outset why were you against it? For for me, it's because, you know, we have apartment living. So I always think it's too small to have that many people in here when it actually worked out fine. I mean, it would have been nicer if we had more space, but I think that's my biggest hesitation about like hosting anything. It didn't have anything to do with Ollie and celebrating him being in maintenance, like because I was excited about that, too. It wasn't it wasn't that it was, um, more, just like- it was more logistical. Yeah, like it was more about the space and having like three rambunctious little boys running around going crazy with all those adults there and the two babies i just thought that's a lot yeah um but it ended up being great so it wasn't a big deal at all yeah and you know it was really fun because right like ryan mentioned we do live in a two-bedroom apartment so 
It's pretty small, but we made the best of it, and it was really special to have it in our apartment. Like Ryan said, he set up all of his DJ equipment and set up all the lights and the strobe light, you know, that changed colors and stuff, and the kids thought that was hilarious. So um, it really was such a special event. Uh, I Ollie loves trucks right now, so somehow the, right shop, now. the yeah. shopping got through with me, and I found this humongous tow truck. And I had everyone in our family sign it as a congratulations for Ollie. And that's one of his favorite trucks that he plays with every day. I was going to say right now, though, he loved he's loved trucks since he was like, <laughs> could he actually move on his own? So so that was just an idea I had. Um, again, the celebration was kind of started off as more for me and just kind of like celebrating it. But then, like Ryan said, it was just nice to have our entire family here and celebrating it right and it was also a good capstone to the holidays too because you know coming into the holiday season we were a little worried around thanksgiving like could we go over people's places could we be around people what if people are sick because you know it's that time of year where people are getting sick and you know we were kind of worried about that and we were you know thinking okay is it going to be like ollie in the hospital at christmas or is it going to be Ollie really healthy and everyone else is healthy so we can see them and then that was kind of like you know the capstone to that whole period of time which was great and I think you know a lot of listeners maybe you guys can relate to like just going into the holidays itself when you have a healthy child is pretty stressful but then added on to it a child who has a compromised immune system just makes it extra stressful so one thing that really helped me and um, Ryan and I proactively you know, made an effort together uh, to kind of let our family know like what our comfort level is with everything. And our family was pretty respectful and let us know like if they were sick, then obviously they would let us know ahead of time. And we were very diligent about, you know, everybody washing their hands and taking off their shoes and things like that. The taking off the shoes thing, though, I mean, at a certain point, you kind of have to be like, all right, he's not crawling on the floor anymore. So it's not a huge deal. It It has to be like, what works for you, I think, when approaching people. Because that can be kind of awkward a little bit. Well, but what I mean is that for everyone out there who listens to this, their family dynamics are completely different. Mm-hmm. And so to ask everyone to take off their shoes all the time, you have to kind of pick and choose your battles. Yeah. If it's somebody else's house that you're going over, do you really ask everyone to take off their shoes? Or you just kind of say like, all right, for us, Ollie doesn't really crawl on the floor anymore because he's a toddler, runs around. So it's not a huge deal. Whereas if you have a kid going through this or any kid with any compromised immune system that's because of any disease, ground. yeah, that's more on the ground, then yeah, you might want to really make it a stipulation. But if not, maybe that's one thing you don't make a stipulation about. Say, sure, but everyone's going to wash their hands, but maybe I'm not going to declare that everyone needs to take their shoes off. Yeah. But it really is about kind of what you feel comfortable with and choosing your battles. But And of course, everybody's family dynamics are completely different. <laughs> right. But- what worked for us was just to be front with everybody and kind of let them know ahead of time, like what our comfort level is and how but, we're going to move through the holidays. Yeah, and but the other thing about that too, and you know, just kind of rethinking about it is, is that everyone kind of has their own insecurities about things, and everyone has their own thoughts about things, and so you really have to decide, like, not only what's best for you, but like what's best for the the child and. And then approach the people about it and see what their reaction is. That's and then hard. go go with it. Yeah, it's hard because it's family and you don't want to seem awkward. 
but you have to at a certain point kind of put your kid above everything else and you know if if people aren't going to comply at all then you just don't see them i guess but it is hard it's difficult it was a huge challenge but we got through it and that's why the long-term maintenance party was ever more so sweet because we had gotten through the holidays and it was also for me i don't know about you ryan but it was also just like the end of one of the worst years of our life like yes there were some good things about it but Good riddance, 2019. I would say more like the worst February of my life. Because worst February slash March and April. But once summer came and we were outside with him and we were kind of into the flow of going to clinic and everything. And the weather was nice and we went to the beach and we did stuff outside because it was outside weather. Yeah, that was definitely better. That was way better. So, you know, I don't want to say worst year of my life because I feel like that's such a big thing to put on it i would say worst three months of my life february through april mm-hmm. and then after that it started to get better because i don't want to say a whole year was bad because some good things happened during the year too oh definitely good things happen but i guess like my goddaughter was born well <laughs> definitely right? my anyway, other nephew was uh, born yeah i mean there so, were a I mean, lot of good there were a lot of happened. good things in the year so it wasn't like the whole year was horrible no, the whole you know, year definitely looked We had a good horrible. Halloween. Our Halloween and how good that was. I don't even What do we do on Halloween, actually? No, I think about it. We didn't. Did oh, we that was the one day that Ollie did not want to wear his, his costume. costume. That's the right. only day out of October. <laughs> oh, that's right. So I feel like Halloween was okay. We went over my parents' house and we did trick or treating around the house. We did a scavenger hunt around the house. Nice. But it was more like Ollie just playing with cars. Our local. Um, family support house called Sherry's house here in central mass. Uh, one thing they did that I brought Ollie to was a polar express movie night. I'm not sure if you have one of these, um, you know, houses in your area, but if you do have like a community house that like supports families like ours, I strongly suggest, you know, even just going for a tour and taking a look at it. It has been just a nice second home that I can bring Ollie to and just kind of switch up our routine. There's a playroom and there's There's a big Mickey. There's a big Mickey. Ollie Ollie actually calls it the Mickey house because there's a big, what, painting of Mickey? It's like a stick off. Like a a big, big sticker of, of Mickey Mouse. He calls it Mickey House. Yeah, we call it the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. So, and it's really nice to go there. They have um, a food pantry if we need to grab some canned goods. They have a huge playroom, playground in the back. And then they also were on extreme treehouse makeovers and have a gorgeous wooden treehouse in a huge oak tree. And it's just so serene and beautiful in the woods. But like I said, they had a movie night and that was really nice because all the families that have used sherry's house were able to come and it was just a lot of fun to have like a full house full of people right and we were also really lucky that sherry's house wanted to take a list for ollie for christmas and they got him gifts off the list that we had made for him well it was volunteers that had volunteered to adopt a family or adopt a child and, and they were very generous. They with were their extremely gifts. generous, and they helped us out with Christmas to yeah. make it really special for Ollie. So we are really grateful. For we were that. we were very grateful for all the help at Christmas. There was a lot of people that helped us make it really special for Ollie because being on one income right now, 
it can be difficult to make things quote unquote special because to make things special, you have to have money. <laughs> um, so, so we were very blessed to have people that were helping us out with that stuff. We also tried to make the holidays, you know, still fun, but in a way that we felt really comfortable. And we found that touring local neighborhoods that had big light displays were really like the best of both worlds because they were outside. We could kind of control, like, if there was a big crowd, we could kind of stay back a little bit. But we could be with extended family, and we really had a ton of fun. Yeah, I mean, we went to the, there's a house in Leicester, Massachusetts, where um, the guy has, like, blow-ups all over his yard. There's a Santa there and a Mrs. Claus, and it's pretty awesome, to be honest. And Ollie had a great time. We went with all his cousins, and that was awesome. We really wanted to go to the Springfield Lights in the park in Springfield. And we drove all the way there only to find out there was like a two hour wait and then drove all the way back. But we did see some other lights on the on way. The way. So it wasn't uh, all for naught. No, we probably should have gone earlier. We went pretty late. So. Another thing that we also did during the holidays is go visit the place where Ryan and I actually got married. It's a horticultural center and they put up all the holiday lights and they have a model train that's set up it's called tower hill botanical garden they set up paper mache flowers and it's really just a beautiful light display i didn't go because you were working ollie went a couple of the times but i did find out there was a big blue butterfly there that's all ollie would talk about for weeks (laughs) so and it was really nice because usually they open up um from 4 p.m on at nighttime for all the lights but the horticultural center opens up at 10, so it was perfect timing. We literally went there for like two hours. Nobody was there, and it was super relaxed. They didn't have to worry about crowds, and Ollie loved the model train. We could have stood there for an hour watching the train. Right. Hey, I mean, he loves trains. <laughs> you know, watch our train go around our Christmas tree, which we still have up. Until Valentine's Until Day. Until Valentine's Day. It's now a Valentine's tree, though. We put red lights all over it. We made little hearts. Out of like, yeah. Actually, they're not little. They're pretty huge. Ollie made some foam hearts with some foam stickers, and we decorated the tree. It looks Valentine's great. Day. Yeah, but we still have the Christmas train out, and I'll still want to listen to the Christmas music as the train rides around the tree. Props yeah. to Home Depot for that amazing. Yeah, train. it's a nice train. Planning while well, I'm planning, and Ryan's kind of going with it. But we're coming up on Ollie's one year diagnosis date, and for me, that's a lot. Like. I can't believe we're already in February. I can't believe that we've already gone through a whole year of treatment. And I'm choosing to make it a celebration of the day that he started getting better. Of course, everybody is going to deal with it a different way. But for me, I would much rather decorate the apartment or plan something special with our family or something like that, or even just the three of us. To mark it as the day that he started getting better because that's the day that we knew what was wrong and he started treatment that day. Yeah, it was February vacation, so it's just two weeks away now. I always talk in terms of vacations because I'm a teacher, so <laughs> I talk and my, my life revolves around the academic calendar. So it was February vacation. It was actually the Friday before February vacation was diagnosed. So so we're we're coming up on it pretty quick. It's it's about two weeks away. But I mean, I was I don't are we having a party? again i'm not sure maybe oh. just the three of us okay because i we are going to go to portland um the next day portland maine not portland oregon um no planes 
um hashtag no planes yeah <laughs> but we're 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 gonna drive up to portland maine for to try and do an overnight you know depending on how ollie's doing obviously that's always how it is um but we're, we're planning on going up there and staying in the downtown area with him and we'll do some outdoorsy stuff and and that's kind of a big deal because that's the first trip that you would plan to take him on since everything happened no we did the cape oh yeah the cape we did the cape yeah. for like half a week You're right this summer yeah and that was fine. I mean, he was he, he was, was good fine. most of the time. So, I mean, yeah. you know, it wasn't a huge deal. But mm-hmm. the, those are, you know, traveling and going on, like, weekend getaways. Right. Those were the normal things that we did before diagnosis. Right. And, you know, I don't know about you guys, but, like, I don't want to compare our life pre-diagnosis to post-diagnosis, but how could you not? Right. I mean, and that was an important part of, like, who we were as, like, a little family before all this happened. Mm-hmm. I'd like to get back to it to some degree. We have a couple of trips planned this summer, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. that the one of them is a big one because it's like it's not like a massive theme park, but I think it's a, like a gradual process. Right. And again, it's like whatever your comfort level is, and of course how your child's doing, uh, and how they're responding to treatment, um, and of course finances, like how you can swing it. But right, well, we've been very lucky that. Yeah, we've so, been really lucky to have a lot, lot of, of gift cards from people support. and financial support. Mm-hmm. And our social worker at the hospital is amazing. So right. shout out to Claudia um, because I was actually talking to a friend that told me she didn't have a consistent social worker at mm-hmm. her hospital. And I can't even imagine navigating all of the financial support without a social worker. Right. I get that. We're now in long-term maintenance, and I wanted to talk about how we're adjusting to the monthly clinic visits. I've been going to the clinic visits simply because Ryan's working full-time. Yeah, they're during the week, so there's no way I can really go unless I take time off. And I do sometimes. I recently did, but Mm -hmm. um, especially for, like, the big LP days. But but then he couldn't even get it done, so now he's going to get it done at the end of February. Like yeah, right they the had to delay it because he would be under anesthesia and he has a lingering cough and they didn't want to, you know, compromise his breathing right. uh, under anesthesia. So our team decided to just delay it until next month. Right. And they assured us that it was par for the course and it's pretty common that, you know, this would happen. Especially this time of year. Just it's like cold and flu season. So it is what it is. It is what it is. And it, and I feel a lot better anytime that there's a change in our schedule or change in his medicine or anything, anything like that. I feel a lot better when I hear the oncologist team just say, like, this is to be expected. Right. Or, you know, this is very common. Like, when I hear those things, my anxiety doesn't decrease all the way, but at least I can kind of manage it and know, like, all right, th- they've seen this before. It's not something that's out of the ordinary. Right. I think the biggest thing about monthly clinic visits for me is that now this has changed to that. It's like we have almost three weeks where it's like really light on the chemo and it's really light on our expectations for dealing with it. And then all of a sudden you get slammed with like, steroid and you know methotrexate and if it's an lp month lp all on one day and then it's a whole week of that and it's just these are the tough weeks like that you know we luckily we were really blessed this past steroid week that we're just finishing where all these attitude wasn't as bad as it has been in the past and he's been much more agreeable than he was the last couple of times we had these steroid pulses and we even ended up going to the zoo today because yesterday all he said 
I want to go to the zoo. We were watching the Smithsonian Panda Cam. And he was like, I want to go to the zoo. And I was like, well, it's winter, but maybe. And then we woke up this morning. And we're like, that's it. We got to get out of this house. Or Ollie's going to keep asking to eat. Peanut butter. Peanut butter, especially. And I was like, if we leave, he won't think about it the whole time. So we drove down to Providence. We went to the Roger Williams Zoo. We had a great time. Was there was wonderful. no wind. The crowds were super small. All the animals were out pretty much. Mm-hmm. And Ollie loved it. He walked the whole zoo. Mm-hmm. Ollie walked the whole zoo. He's, he, by the way, he's not even three yet. He's walking around his little bear boots. And... <laughs> <laughs> he's dictating where we go and you know he's walking around this entire zoo and we barely ca- carried him except mm-hmm. at the very end that was it and the, you know he was smiling and happy most of the time except when he wasn't getting more cheerios because we did have a snack of cheerios at the end, we at had the end some cheerios. Yeah. so at the end he got a little testy at the end when we were in- it was also nap time yeah it was around nap time and he hadn't really had a full lunch yet but we had a great time and it was awesome to go and he loved it and it was what we needed and all yeah. i knew it we didn't even know it but Ollie knew it. He yeah. said it yesterday. And we were like, okay, maybe we'll go tomorrow. And then we ended yeah. up doing it. So Because the steroid, like Ryan said, it just, it throws me for a loop every single month. And I know that it's coming and I can see it on the calendar. But then, you know, when it's nonstop hunger and not being able to nap well or sleep well, and it's just round the clock and it's hard because it just pulls you right back into everything. But then I know that, we're going to get out of it again, and then we're going to have three weeks, you know, that we're going to be semi-normal. But I think for me, like, the toughest part is just seeing his weight flux up yeah. and down. That's really hard because you just kind of want things to be consistent. It won't be for his whole life, but it is yeah. tough now to see it. And, you know, living in New England, living living where we live, there's six months out of the year where you're not outside as much. Like, in the summer, he lost a lot of his steroid weight because he's mm-hmm. running around and we're outside all the time and right now it's like we're either running indoors which he doesn't really seem to want to do as much anymore or we're at the park for an hour or so because it's so cold yeah but i was gonna say not even for an hour like when we went was it this weekend no it was last weekend when we went to the park we were there for like 20 minutes and then all he wanted to get going yeah as he was like no i'm 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 too cold and i'm done and it's not the same as in the summer he'll he'll want to be there for hours you know what i mean so that is i i think a big change for us So we're looking forward to spring. (laughs) We're definitely looking forward to spring. And, you know, being at home with Ollie, we've had wonderful support in terms of services that have come to the home. And I've talked about it on on, um, past episodes, but just having early intervention, massage therapist, play therapist, as well as a visiting nurse, just being able to have a music therapist come once in a while has been great. But, you know, I'm still... Wanting to make sure that he's developing and is able to hang out with some other toddler friends his age because that's really important. And that's been really tough. Yeah, right now, I mean, the only toddlers he's really hanging out with is his cousins. Yeah. And that's it. So. And especially with the flu going around and the viruses. The coronavirus. It, yeah, yeah. It's just. It's well, I mean, not that that's really around, but the, the fear of it now that they found a case in Boston. Yeah. So. But I mean, the flu even, I mean, the flu is, the flu can impact you so badly. So we, we have to be careful. One thing that I experienced this past clinic visit that I want to share with you guys is every hospital has a patient uh, advocacy number. So let me talk about this a little bit. If you ever experience something that's like a miss 
say, for instance, you go and get an x-ray and it's not the most pleasant experience that you hoped for, uh, you can call that number and basically it's like a way for you to talk about your experience to either a nurse or um, someone in that department and they are able to relay that message to the um, appropriate department in order to make the experience better. And not only that, but like we stayed in a hospital room that had a trickle of a shower. Like, Yeah, that was pretty horrible. I didn't even take a shower there. I would drive home and take a shower. I mean, we, we live close to the hospital, thank God. But And I didn't know, you know, who to... Well, we told them, them there, well. but they... Yeah. They, you know, the nurses aren't going to be like, oh, we'll fix that for you right, right now. That's not their job. So so when I was on the phone with the patient advocacy number, I let them know about the shower issue. And nurse I was speaking with uh, said that, you know, she would relay the message to the hospital plumber. So I wanted to let you guys know that because I didn't even know that that department existed. And when I spoke with the rep, she informed me that every single hospital is mandated to have a patient advocacy number. So if you don't know what that number is, ask your oncologist team um, or even take a look at the website for your hospital uh, or ask your social worker because they definitely should be able to point you in the right direction. Just recently, Ollie's been saying no thank you to the medicine and that's been a huge change. He's almost three years old, he'll be three in May, And so for him to tell me, like, no thanks, I don't want that medicine, I can kind of sense that it's going to start becoming a struggle. So I'm trying to put on my, like, thinking cap and think of different ways that can kind of entice him to have the medicine. It's not, he's not really fighting it, though. He fights it for, like, a... He's not fighting it, but he'll say no thanks. Well, it was also this week. I mean, how many medicines were given him? We we had a steroid. We had the Bactrim. We had... The Z pack. We had the methotrexate. We had the um the vitamin. I mean, we we gave him like seven medicines a day for the last, you know, for the last five days. So of course he's gonna say no, thank you. But today he doesn't seem too bad. Yeah. So I was putting on my thinking cap, and I have a whole bunch of stickers, and maybe creating a sticker chart for him, or I don't know. If you guys have any ideas, yeah. if you have older toddlers, let me know. Because I'm sure there are people who have it much worse than we do with mm. their kids not wanting to take the medicine. So so feel free to reach out to us because we want to hear from you guys. If yeah. you have good uh, things that are working for you, please, please, please share them. Right. If you got some tips and tricks, let us know. Exactly. Uh, speaking of sharing out tips and tricks, so there are three Facebook groups that I wanted to share with you in case you're not aware of them. The first Facebook group uh, that I have found extremely helpful, private Facebook group, is Childhood Acute Lymphoblastic Leukemia Private Group. So that is a worldwide group of all the parents who have a child that ha- with that diagnosis. And I, I think I heard from it, um, heard of it through another friend online. But from the very start of diagnosis, I have found a lot of support in that group and not so much to like create extra anxiety, but I found it as a way to kind of question things with my oncologist team or like continuing to support our whole family through this process. But 
for you it was a different experience i don't go on any of these facebook pages why it would make me super anxious you know because everyone posts their stories on there and you know it, it would just make me anxious seeing all that stuff all the time so i need i i stay away from it i don't want to say i ignore this condition or anything because i don't and i know that i can't but I try to make it a minimal impact on my everyday life and kind of just focus on the normal stuff every day. And that really helps me a lot. I feel like if I was on those Facebook pages a lot of the time, I would just lose my mind personally, just because I know I obsess over things. And so if I was doing that, it wouldn't be good for me. But for you, it helps. Like for you, it helps for you to connect with other people and have a bigger group of people to Mm -hmm. run things by and talk with them. But for me, like I don't, I don't need that all the time. Yeah. And it's been wonderful too, because we kind of balance each other in that way. Like if I found something within that private Facebook group and I shared it with Ryan, you always seem very open to it. And I hope I'm not inducing like any extra anxiety, but we do, it kind of helps us start a conversation around a topic or an issue. Well, yeah, like the bigger things that you tell me about, like when that, when you told me that they were changing the protocol in some places for mm-hmm. the length of the treatment, and then you told me about the... The diaper rash cream. Yeah, the, the diaper Ilex rash cream, cream, or the um when you told me about... And I feel like those groups exist for that reason. That's a good reason that they exist, but I feel like a lot of the time, if I was on there all the time, it would make me anxious. But when you find out helpful things, right. when we found out that they weren't... That there was a shortage on one of the chemos, and we wanted to check with our hospital to make sure they didn't have a shortage, I think that, that was beneficial. Or what the protocol was if they, right, didn't, right. if they ended up having a shortage. Those things were beneficial to me. But if I was just on there all the time, I think it would make me anxious. So the second Facebook group uh, is children with ALL, parentheses, leukemia, is another worldwide Facebook group that you can go into. It's a private one. And that has, I'm not actually in that one as much, but it does have a lot of uh, great parents that are in there all the time and providing, you know, support. And the third private Facebook group is one that I created for this community and it's the all mama care private group for all mama care members. So I think we're up to 21 members so Hmm. far that have elected into the group. Am I in that group? I think I sent you an invite. If not, I'll send you an invite. Okay. I don't know if I'm in that group. That's really a place for you guys. But I'll join. So Ryan's going to join today. And that's really a place where uh, any of the listeners can go and share out anything that you are experiencing or, you know, there are some members in there that are off treatment or their children are off treatment and um, they're in there as well. So again, it's just a way that I thought we could kind of bring the whole All Mama Care community together. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about, Ryan? Because I think that's kind of it. I think that's it right now. I just, you know, I know that for me, life is going to happen, you know, and, you know, we were supposed to go to see Shenyun for my Christmas gift and things just didn't work out and we weren't able to go. Why weren't we able to go? It wasn't because of Ollie. I donated blood the morning of the show. This is probably in retrospect not the best day well, here's to the donate deal. blood. Here's the deal. I originally scheduled to donate blood on the day that we pretty much, or the weekend that we got admitted for a fever. And so I thought, okay, I'll just move that 
blood donation to the following weekend. So I went to go donate blood and it was not a good experience. My body did not respond well. And basically the phlebotomist told me to stop donating because my body can't take it. So I ended up fainting a couple times and was weak the rest of the night. But we did go out to dinner and I ate Well, my parents had already come over. It was a snowstorm and... I was like, well, we at least have, we have this dinner gift certificate. Let's go out to dinner since my parents are already here and we'll be home way earlier than we were going to be anyway before. So we ended up going out to dinner at our, one of our favorite restaurants, Via, which is an Italian place in Worcester. We had a great dinner. We had a good time. We got gelato. We made the, yes, we had gelato, although they were out of my fragola, which is strawberry. Yeah. Um, But it was still good. I had pistachio and Jackie wanted chocolate. So yeah. it was good. So you made it a good night. And right. we still were able to have a date night because that's one of my goals every month to have a date night. Right. But like it's like I told <laughs> I told Jackie, like life just gets in the way sometimes. But the things that happen in life get in the way sometimes and you make the best of it. And that's what we did that night. And that's mm-hmm. what we keep doing. And so even though the days seem hard sometimes, no matter what is the cause of the day, it's good to try and find a bright spot in it. And that's what we were able to do. And I think we've gotten better at that now than we were pre-diagnosis i think because you have to learn to just take life differently yeah also to that point last weekend i went to a caregiver's retreat um on the cape and it was so wonderful it's called hope floats which is a community home and they offer amazing day retreats as well as support groups And it's really a community center for families like ours. Now, Plymouth is almost an hour and 40 minutes away from us. So, yes, it was a huge drive for me. And I was gone the entire day. But it was so wonderful. Not only were the volunteers there amazing, there are many different services that they provided, many different volunteers that came. And they gave us massages. Uh, I got a facial. I got reflexology and Reiki. Did a yoga class. And they provided lunch too. Mm. It was really a wonderful way to kind of step away from everything. Because when you're in the hustle bustle of everything, when you try to take a moment for yourself, it ends up being really hard unless you actually leave. For me, I had to actually leave our apartment. and Which can be hard to do. I'm, for me, I know that I have to work on that, and you've been calling me out on it. Like, Jackie does a lot of things, and she's good at it. She's good at taking that space for herself and recharging her battery, and I'm not so good at that. I I don't make time. I don't reach out to friends as much as I should. I don't go and do things I say I want to do. And you forced me to go see a movie last weekend that I wanted to go see, because you are like, no, you need to get out. You need to have some time for yourself. And I went to see 1917, and I, I thought it was a great movie. And you were right. I needed that time for myself. And I think that as a guy, I think sometimes we kind of neglect ourselves more than women tend to do, simply because I think it's just the way we are. We kind of, I don't want to say bottle things up, but we, well, we do. We bottle things up. And that makes it difficult for us to express that we need time for ourselves, too. Do you ever feel like it's you feel guilty because you've said this to me. I feel guilty leaving you guys. Do you feel guilty going to do stuff for yourself on the weekends because you're working full time? Yeah, I think that's more like. So, for example, when we when I was home last year with you guys, 
I didn't feel as guilty going out and taking care of myself when I needed to because I was with you guys every day. I wasn't working. I was home with you guys. So when I went out on a Wednesday to get dinner with a friend or if I went out on a Saturday, it was okay because I was going to see you guys the next day all day. It's not like that now, whereas like I have Saturday and Sunday and then I'm away from you guys that whole day and then I'm... So it's hard to take a time out. So you're working full time and so you were saying that you find it really hard to break away from us on the weekends. If I take a break from you and Ollie on the weekend and go do something for myself, which I should do more often, but I don't. If I do that, I do feel guilty because you're with him every day. So when you go out and do stuff with your friends and you go out and do something, you're going to see him the next day anyway. That It's not like that for right. me. And that makes me feel guilty. Now in the summer... If I went to like the driving range or went golfing with my friends or doing something with my friends, like I went to a movie, the casino, whatever, I didn't feel as guilty because I was going to see you both the next day and I was going to be there to help out the next day. So yeah, you're right. It's a feeling of guilt, I think, for me as well. So was it helpful when I actually forced you out the door and said, you need to go now? Yes, I was helpful because I was on the fence and I wasn't going to. I wasn't going to go. Up until the very last minute, I was literally gently nudging you out the door. I know. And I said, go, you need it. And you know what? I don't know if you noticed it, but when you came back from the movie, you were brighter. Well, I was in a better mood. You were recharged. It was just nice to have that time for myself because I don't really have a lot of time for myself. And so that was really nice because like I'm always busy at work and then I, I end up doing errands on the way home. And by the time I get home, then Ollie wants to play with me because he says, I miss you, Dada, which is his new thing. He says that all the time. I miss Even you, Dada. Even if Ryan's standing right next to him. Oh, leg- legit today we were at the zoo all day with him. I'm walking with him all day, talking with him all day, and driving in the car with him there and back. And yet, as I'm walking up the stairs with him, before we put him down for nap and we got home, he goes, I miss you, Dada. And I was like, Ollie, I've been with you this whole time. He goes, in the car. Because I was driving and mommy was in the back seat with him. Yeah. So, yeah, he's got a little attachment to me right now. Yeah. So, are there any things I can do to kind of help you feel less guilty? No, it's on me. It's my own consciousness. It's like the same thing I talk about with, like, why I never moved away Mm -hmm. from my family. Or why I never took my backpacking through Europe trip. It's because I always felt, like, guilty leaving the people I love, you know? Do you feel like that holds you back? Yeah. Do you regret it? No, I don't live with regret because it's silly. Like if, if I were to live with regret, then you could live with regret about anything, any choice you ever make. And, and I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I try to focus on today because tomorrow doesn't exist and the past is gone. So it, you're always living in today. And that's what I'm trying to focus on for my life right now. Do you ever think that that's a challenge for you? Because, I, you know, I'm a planner. Right. Okay. And sometimes my calendar can stress you out. Yes. But for me, it's comfort. Right. Okay, I love I love having structure. I love kind of knowing, okay, we have so and so coming to visit us today or in two weekends I'm gonna go out with some of my girlfriends and hang out. Right. But do you think it's hard for you to plan ahead? Living wanting to live in the moment, it's right. hard for you to Well plan. it is. Because if you want to live in the moment, you don't plan ahead, right? So that is difficult. But I I have been thinking like I should do a New York trip with my my buddies in April during April vacation because you know we don't, we don't really do stuff like that anymore and we we barely see our friend Dave anymore um 
and I had a really fun time this summer when I went away for those two days. Oh, yeah, you had a bachelor party. For the bachelor party. My one of my, you know, my, my best friend, um, one of my best friends, because um, I have like three of them. One of my best friend, he he ended up getting married this summer and we had his bachelor party and we went away for a couple of days. You had a great time. I did have a great time. And it's just nice because we don't see each other as much as we used to. So that's that was really nice to do that. So and I did enjoy it. Totally, you were on the fence about it until the last minute. You didn't know if you were going to be there for one night or two nights. And I think didn't you end up staying for two nights? No, I ended you up going. One. I did the one night, and, and one of the reasons why is because they were getting up there so late. Yeah. So if they if they had gotten up there for a full day, I might have done the two nights. But because nobody was getting up there till like seven o'clock, I was like, well, what's the point? And right. Was, you know. No, that makes sense. But I think it's been helping us in our marriage to kind of like respect each other and know like this is a real challenge it's been helping me knowing like it's a real challenge for you but it's also like a delicate dance because I don't want to like harp on you to continuously remind you to take time or plan something ahead of time for yourself and that's where it's really challenging because I don't want to be in charge of everybody right well I also don't want to put that on you I don't feel like that's fair I shouldn't have to put it on you to make me do things. I should take that upon myself. Yeah. That's, I'm getting better at it, I think, now than I was at the beginning of this school year. Oh, yeah. I didn't do any, I didn't really do anything at the beginning of the school year, and I was really down about stuff. So I'm doing better now than I was then. So I think it's been really helpful, especially, you know, just kind of planning ahead when we're going to have a date night, who's going to babysit, what, who's the backup person knowing what we're doing individually with our own friends? Well, that's, yeah, that's difficult though. Finding, finding someone to watch Ollie sometimes has been difficult. Mm-hmm. We don't have like a random babysitter, so it kind of has to be family. We don't want to overwhelm them with requests too. So that's, that's another thing. Yeah. So that's been a challenge, but it's really important. It's really important that we remain as I feel it's really important. We remain as a team and, we continue to have open communication and you know like there was one day it was yesterday or two days ago where i was just hysterically laughing because i was just so maxed out like like ryan said we tried to record this episode like four different times and every time we went to record it i mentally just wasn't even there i was so drained or ollie woke up from a nap or ollie woke up from a nap He's been napping very well today, in case anyone was wondering. Well, he walked around the zoo for two hours. Yeah, so. <laughs> That's kind of it. Uh, I want to remind you guys that, you know, we are just normal parents going through this. We don't have all the answers. This is just what's working well for us uh, right now in the moment. It may change in six months. It may change in a year. But we're, you know, always looking. I'm always looking for ways to improve our relationship because I wholeheartedly believe that like if we continue to be on the same page about everything even like today at the zoo we went into the rainforest uh exhibit and for a minute I was a little uncomfortable because I wasn't sure if the humidity in the rainforest like somehow in my mind I was thinking like oh could Ollie get sick if there was like someone with a virus in there and so I did a quick check with Rye, like, are you comfortable with this? What do you think? Do you think there's any cause for concern for being in this exhibit? 
And so just having that quick check-in helped me to decrease my anxiety. I had thought she meant from the animals. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when so, she asked me, do you think with the humidity you could catch a virus? I was like, I'm pretty sure they check these monkeys and stuff for viruses here at the zoo. So there can be a lot of miscommunication. So, so if that's what made you feel comfortable as being in there, I'm glad that I made the mistake of saying that. So the more we are just continuously working on our communication and, you know, there are some times where I'm like, Ryan, I can't even talk. Like, I just, I'm so tired. I can't even say another word. I'm mentally exhausted. And you've been super respectful of that. So we're just kind of figuring out like what works for us in the moment. Right. That's all you do every day. Just take it as it is every day. Yeah. So that's kind of it. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about, Ryan? No. Anything that's been helping you? Not right now. I'll be back on here again. I'm sure he'll invite himself. Yeah, I'll have to invite myself on again (laughs) a month or two from now. So if there's any um, fathers that are listening or uncles that are listening, uh, feel free to reach out to us. What about grandfathers? Grandfathers that are listening, feel free to reach out to us because I've heard from a couple moms, you know, requesting for Rye to come back on the podcast. So if there's like a specific topic that the guys want Ryan to talk about, feel free to reach out. And I don't know, Ryan, how do you feel about that? Like, do you feel really hard working full time and like supporting our family and trying to support me and trying to support him? And No, it's super easy. Every day's a blessed <laughs> gift. What does that even mean? No, no. Yeah, it's uh. I literally don't even think about it. It's so easy. No, of course it's hard. But I mean, the reality is, is like you do what you have to do. You know, I used to, when I was growing up, I used to ask my dad, dad, how do you go to work every day? And he's like, well, I have to go to work every day because I have you guys and, you know, I have to put food on the table. And, you know, that's just the reality of life. You wake up, you do the things you have to do, and then you do the things you want to do if you can, and you keep going. That's life. So, yeah, it's hard. But I do it. So do you have any do you have like a message for all the dads and grandfathers and uncles out there? Just be open. I think one of the best things about our relationship is how open we are with each other. And I'm very open with you about how I was feeling and how I was feeling anxious, how I was feeling depressed, and that's what started me going to therapy and getting on my medication and and starting to try and come up with ways to think of life differently every day. And You just have to be open to sharing that stuff. Because bottling things up doesn't work. It just builds. And then it explodes. So that's my advice. Just continue to talk with people. Continue to tell people how you're feeling. And find someone who will listen. Because sometimes you will talk to people and they don't listen. And the best thing you can do is find someone who will actually listen. And if you have to pay someone to listen, therapy is a great version of that. Because you're literally paying for them to listen and hear what you have to say and they can give you some advice so luckily i have a great wife too who listens to me and and tries to offer me advice and that's very helpful too but if you don't have that or if you you know need someone else too and you don't want to talk to your friends about it i suggest therapy is a big thing for me and it's helped me a lot it's helped me get over the hump of where i was in september and october so it's definitely been a process yeah, everything's a process. So that that was definitely a big process. So what about for the dads that are listening that don't feel comfortable talking? Right. If you don't feel comfortable talking, write it out. Write it down. Mm-hmm. Get it out. Getting things out. 
for me, it's I process things through music. I'll write a song and lyrics that contain something I've been feeling or I'll write, you know, because I like to write. So I'll write it out. Um, but I'm also a talker, so I'll talk. And those are those are the ways I deal with it. But however you need to deal with it, get it out, let it out or else it eats you up. And so if it's not talking, if it's not making music, if it's not writing, find something else. Um, Maybe even like if it's artistic not, expression. Yeah, artistic like expression drawing. or go for a hike and just breathe in the air or, you know, something like that. But get it out. Let it out somewhere. You know, you know, if you have to go into the woods and scream it into the, the void, um, how you're feeling. If you don't want to talk to anyone, you don't want to write, you don't want to do anything. Just go out and scream in the middle of the woods and let it out and then move on because otherwise you'll bottle it up and it'll eat away at you. Yeah. And also for me, you know, I've talked about it before, but training to run the half marathon last summer was really therapeutic. I did not succeed at that. But, but you... I tried. You and Ollie FaceTimed me at the end and supported me. No, I just meant I didn't go through with running the half yeah. marathon that I signed up for. Right, but... because you were transitioning back to work. Yeah, and I also just, I sprained my ankle pretty badly um, running when it was a little muddy at the trail. And after that, I don't want to say I gave up, but I just was in a lot of pain. So I was like, I don't want to wear this brace all the time and try to run and make it worse. I'm getting old. I want to thank you guys for your time. Thank you so much for tuning back into the All Mommy Care podcast. Feel free to check out those private Facebook groups if you're like me and you need support and information. Definitely, I highly recommend them. But if you are more so like Rye, where that's going to overwhelm you, then obviously steer clear of that. Well, I don't think the all mama care one is going to be too overwhelming, though. Yeah, join our group. We have people, like I said, we have people. Mainly because it's not worldwide. I mean, not yet. Well, I mean, actually, not... it is. All right, all right. What I mean is, it's not. It's not like you know thousands upon thousands. We have twenty one members right. in the group. It's right not now. thousands upon it's thousands a, of people. So it's, it's a not very gonna, intimate group right now. Well, it's not going to feel overwhelming. Correct. That's the thing. So, so again, it's a place for you guys to talk about things that you're going through or topics that um, I've talked about on past episodes that have sparked your interest. Right. Oh, cool. That's a wrap. Wow. Peace out. Wow. Cut it out. That was fat, yo. The pH. pH. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. If something from this stuck with you, I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to message me on Instagram or on Facebook and tell me what you thought. Join the private All Mama Care Facebook group to connect with me directly and other listeners across the globe. You can even send me a voicemail. Simply go to anchor.fm backslash time backslash message. Wherever you're listening to this, take a screenshot, tag me and a couple friends. You never know, it might be exactly what someone needs to hear today. The light within me honors the light within you.